Ken Berg has taken off enough of this uh, this pre-roll. <laughs> it's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's superhero slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes. It's superhero slate. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And welcome to our E3 2019 recap episode. You're breathtaking, Chris. You're we, breathtaking. I feel we are horribly under-equipped to handle this recap. <laughs> you know, let's, let's, let's do it. Uh, we are going to discuss that Beast Solo movie that will never happen. Yeah, I didn't even to. I didn't even know it was going to happen. I found out when I was in the bathroom on the toilet, so that's how that happens. Yeah, that's uh, some good news right there. <laughs> Our countdown to Spider-Man Far From Home dwindles down. Mm-hmm. I can't believe it's only like two and a half weeks away and more. Yeah. Are they selling tickets outside of that first, like, Tuesday midnight showing yet, or is that the only thing that's on sale right now? Because oh. I because this movie is creeping up on me like a creeping spider. And the last time I checked, they were still just selling that midnight Tuesday show, and I was like, I don't think I'm gonna do the midnight Tuesday show. As much as like the teenager in me would love to go to a midnight movie again because it's been a really really long time, I feel like I I might do like something randomly on a Wednesday if I have the day off of the office, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, all, all mine are, um, I'm pretty sure when mine went up, mine are all the way through that, that following Sunday even. Okay, cool. So maybe I'll be able to snag something. And it might be easier to snag something because it's like this whole week heading up to it. You know, people might be saving until the weekend, so I'm sure I can weasel my way into a showing. Yeah, I mean, it. hopefully they say it's going to make a lot of money mm-hmm. uh, riding off the, the coattails of... Uh, in-game. So. But, Chris, we have more pressing matters right now. Yeah, come e- on. You're, you're dying to do I, this, Mike, and I, let's, I let's ex- do it. I am extremely thirsty. So uh, we tangentially talk about Stranger Things every once in a while on this podcast. It's in our realm of nerdery. Uh, we're not exactly experts on the show, but if there's one thing Chris and I absolutely love, it is snacks. And <laughs> yeah. when snacks cross over with any sort of pop culture brand. Uh, so, uh, uh, Coca-Cola has teamed up with Stranger Things, uh, and they are bringing back the old slash new Coke. So that is in quotation marks, new Coke that came out in 1985. Everybody hated it and everybody freaked out. There's riots in the streets, I'm sure. And, uh, they thought the Coca-Cola recipe was disappearing for this new Coke flavor and then sales like plummeted. Uh, uh, they 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 torched the Coca Cola headquarters. I don't know exactly what it, happened. It, I'm it sure was, there's some there's some hyperbole mixed in it there. It was on shelves 79 days, I think, before they pulled it. Wow, that is that is some small numbers right there. That is so, not even that's like what two two and a half months <laughs> maybe. So yeah, so they the, they bring back Coca Cola, and this is indeed why it's called Coca Cola Classic. They almost had to rebrand the original formula to let everybody know, and then as the marketing experts and everybody has learned that has skyrocketed sales when they brought back the original recipe. And I feel like some other brands out there in the marketplace have pulled this sneaky trick, but I don't think it was a trick back then. I think they actually thought this new Coke was going to be was going to be exciting. But with Stranger Things taking place in the 80s, there is some brand synergy going on there, and if you go to Coca-Cola's website, you can order these this old recipe for new Coke and mine arrive this weekend. 
Chris just ordered his like moments ago. <laughs> what? So right before I went to the grocery <laughs> store because I found out they are not selling this in grocery stores. You have to order it online. Yeah, and since we are just uh, shills for any sort of cross energy promotion with snacks, I have a can in front of me right now. I am so thirsty. It's finally cold. It's been in my presence for I think uh, almost about twenty four hours now. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna do this live on the radio, if you will. So I'm gonna try new Coke. I'm gonna, I'm gonna open this up, Chris. I'm so thirsty. So okay, let's hear that beautiful little... Coke can footage. All right, here we go. Oh, there it is. Oh, here we go. Let's get the smell. Let's get the bouquet before we get into the news here. All right, it smells shockingly like regular Coca-Cola. Let's go in for the sip. Here we go. Ant the anticlimactic drum roll, please. Okay. <laughs> this kind of almost tastes exactly like normal Coca-Cola. I thought this was going to be like... I thought this was going to be a little bit you more You thought exciting. your world was going to change All right, and you let got me, fooled. All right, that was just that was just the first jitter sip. All right, let's do round number two here. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think I'm getting a little bit more of an idea. Okay, so it definitely still has the bones of like a cola. So this isn't like some sort of like left field like we put a shit ton of nutmeg in it or we added some cinnamon. There's no like weird gimmick going on here but i think if i could compare it to anything this this tastes a little bit more pepsi adjacent which kind of would make sense you know if pepsi and coca-cola were battling for market dominance you know they might try to mimic each other a little bit but yeah this yeah this does kind of taste a little bit like like a pepsi almost like maybe if you mix a little coke with a little pepsi but there you go there's the new coke review i was hoping for something a little bit more exciting but it's still good I mean, usually I don't drink normal Coke. We are a very steadfast Diet Coke household, so that is our our drink of choice when it comes to soda in the Royer household. So this is just kind of like an extra treat for me. I'm just getting to drink a whole lot of uh, unrefined sugar, or I guess maybe super refined sugar. I don't really know how it goes, but it's very sweet, very tasty. So, Chris, I'm looking forward to when yours shows up. And maybe yeah. maybe we can do your review on the show next week. Yep, that's fine. I've heard good reviews from this. A lot of people have said that it, there's a sugary aftertaste, like a sugary coating of your throat on a regular Coke, mm-hmm. and this it d- lacks that at the end of it. So I'll, I'll paint I'll paint a little bit of a picture um, because not only is our household a diet coke diet coke household growing up in my parents house we were a coca-cola household for sure we didn't really drink a lot of pepsi so um all we had was coca-cola so i remember going to um the beach one summer at a big lake kind of near our city and it had like a water slide it had like a you know all these beach umbrellas and chairs and everything it was kind of like a little bit of a little beach paradise in the midwest and their concession stand had Pepsi. And I think this was one of the first times in my life I think I had really ever had Pepsi. Because most of the time, if I was a kid and I was going to Taco Bell, man, I was getting the Mountain Dews, baby. So, really? Yeah. So drinking this kind of makes me think of summer a little bit. I'm getting, getting those summer vibes that the Pepsi vibe is, is uh, drizzling in. So... Uh, I think that's as long as I can talk about this can of soda, but I'll well, be I, drinking it p- periodically throughout the episode, so maybe this will uh, color my opinion on the news this week. <laughs> well, I just, I just want to go out there and throw out there, um, Arby's switched from Pepsi products to Coke products uh, last uh, August, I think, mm-hmm. and that is the worst thing they've ever done in their life. I love me some Arby's sandwiches, uh-huh. um, but I... 
I, I can't I can't drink a Coke with this. I have to have a Mountain Dew. So oh, I just want to point out, like when you when, when restaurants change what you're used to for years, it just it just yeah. changes what what you're eating. So I don't the know. One, the one thing I would hope at some point in time is Mountain Dew can get past this kind of like neck beard branding from Mountain Dew because I think it is a fine drink. I don't care if it's like neon green. I don't think it makes it any less sophisticated than like a brown drink. You know, I've always loved Mountain Dew and I'll, I'll love it till the day I die, Chris. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. But I agree. Uh, outside of new Coca-Cola and maybe before we jump into the news this week, do you have any do you have anything to add to our, our, our fellow listeners out there, Chris? No, not at all. I've, I've been. Um, uh, like I've told everybody, bonkers down with work this week because of a convention we had, and it was me. Up to my, so my boss, who normally does it by herself, put me and our um, sales assistant in charge of this, Stephanie, and we uh, were able to pull it off without uh, without anything bad happening. We had to change some things on the fly, but it all worked out, and everything was great. And I did not get enough sleep. Um, we, we had keys to this room. I'll tell you a funny story real fast about it. We had okay. these keys to this room where we lock all our stuff in. Not even mm-hmm. the hotel people have keys to this room. Um, like, that's how, like, that way you can put all your important, expensive stuff in there. No one can, but if it's gone, it's not the hotel's fault. It's your team's fault. You know what I'm gotcha. saying? Gotcha. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a plausibility, uh, plausible deniability. Um and uh, I had my key, and I, I was like, I'm not going to lose it. I'm not going to lose it. And every time someone said, your key, I whipped it out. And then I got home Thursday night, and I couldn't find my key anymore. Oh, and I was like, no. yeah. Uh, because I bought my first pair of skinny jeans. Uh, <laughs> so I rushed home to try them on. Um, and I it fell out of my pocket. I'm like, it's got to be in the house somewhere. I know I had it when I got off the bus from our event. And I got in the car, came home, put on the skinny jeans, and that's the only uh, place it could be. Oh, my God. I, I just love how the story, the crux yeah. of this whole story is the skinny jeans. It is. It is. <laughs> like, that's where it was. And apparently, they, I, when I tried on the skinny jeans and I carried my work pants out, they fell into my work boots that I put on to mow my lawn in. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think to check in the boots. I checked under the boots and under the tray that the boots are sitting on and everywhere else, but not in the boot. And I went to put my shoe on yesterday to mow my lawn, which I wouldn't have done for another week because it's raining here. But I got a moment of cl- like sky clarity and uh, found my key. So I was like, ha-ha, I'm <laughs> not going to be charged $150 for this stupid key. So, Well, Chris, I want to say I'm very proud of you for trying and experimenting with a new gene. And I yeah. just want everybody out there in the world to not ever feel bad about trying on some sort of new piece of fashion because I've had this, I have this mentality about clothing that like clothing in general is a whole farce. Like fashion in general is this whole, is this an entire ridiculous concept? You know, if you wanted to be a hundred percent practical about what human beings should wear, we would probably all be in like gray jumpsuits. You know, we would just because it, it'd be practical and it'd have tons of pockets. It would be only for function. But since that's not how we operate as, as humans, we might as well just all assume that fashion is just all for just wanting to look cool or feel good in what you're wearing. So just just feel free to just throw shit away in your closet that you haven't worn in a really long time. Go out to the store and buy something new and exciting. It totally changes your outlook when you just wear something new. So uh, yeah. you might create something new that day, wearing a new cool T-shirt, or maybe you'll have a spark of a new idea or something. So uh, this is where we would plug a clothing sponsor if we had one. <laughs> yeah. Well, they were very. I got them off Amazon, and they fit perfectly right out of the box. So I was very happy with that. So yeah. Well, Chris, I honestly think it came from a bag. So I think you're lying. Because Amazon uh, is probably shipping your jeans in a bag, so you know you're uh, right. It did come. In, it did come in a bag. It was in like a little, looked like a yellow envelope, you know, with the 
Yeah, that's what it was. Boom roasted, Chris. Anyway, right. <laughs> but you've got me thinking about this new Coke and how it would have made watching this movie that much better. Men in Black what? International's out in theaters. Uh, sounds like you're we're rolling into the news, baby. Let's we are going. because Men in Black International's in theaters, and I went. Mike, you didn't mm-hmm. go. No, not my. I'm not going to say not my cup of tea. But if I didn't watch the last two, what exactly is driving me to this one right now? You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I really, I, I, I like the original. Everyone loves the original Men in Black, and, mm-hmm. and uh, this one suffers from what I'm going to call Dark Phoenix syndrome. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not bad. It's just boring. Oh, uh, ouch! And um, I just want to. I'm not going to tell anyone why or what or what anything about it. But save your money for something else. <laughs> like go Ooh, see. Ouch! Else. <laughs> go see Toy Story Four this week mm-hmm. um, instead, because Men in Black International is not the movie you were looking for. Um, and uh, I think I even got one point where I was looking around the theater. I pulled the mic. I was Ooh, like, "What's over yeah. there?" Yeah, what's going on with this wall? What's, where'd they get this carpet from? Is exactly, this- <laughs> that carpet on that wall is starting to come off. They need to glue that back down. Um, so, uh, Men in Black International, if you want to see it, that's fine, but don't expect to walk out with your, your mind and world blown away. Yeah, it's by kind, of a, kind of a shame, and actually it makes me think about the first Men in Black film, which could be one of the one of the best uh, comic book movies of all mm-hmm. time. Probably, maybe not top ten since the since the competition out there has gotten so fierce. But if somebody was doing like maybe like a top twenty five poll, I would think maybe Men in Black would be thrown around a little bit. As long as they're reminded, it is in fact a comic book movie. Mm-hmm. A lot of people forget that. And what's what sucks about all the new Men in Blacks uh, compared to the first one is that first one, like uh, so mentioned, they live in a. Gr- gritty, grimy universe, and the Men in Black stuff. It's like the the weapon stuff is a little shiny, but it's not fully futuristic tech. It's just shiny retro from like mm-hmm. the seventies look, and which is awesome. And everything from there just got shinier and cleaner and sleeker, which isn't fun at all. That's <laughs> oh just, no! <laughs> so um, two and three, like they all suffer from that, and I, I'm kind of disappointed in that. But I mean, and also the first one had real life puppets. And everything went CGI. And, and also, like, such a Will Smith movie, too. I mean, it would not be the same if Will Smith wasn't in that role, too. I mean, we love Tommy Lee Jones, of course, but uh, that's a yeah. that's a buddy movie uh, for sure. Right, exactly. You need you need Tommy Lee's straight face man with Will Smith's '90s bonkers attitude. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, just skip skip International. Wait till it comes on Redbox or, or Netflix or something. You'll you'll do uh, you'll do better. Uh, just like Dark Phoenix, which is our next topic. Uh, the original ending, according to an interview with Ty Sheridan, who played Cyclops, the original ending actually involves scrolls, Mike. Um, Not surprised. <laughs> which I were probably the original versions of what were called the Dabari in the movie. Mm-hmm. And um, because you don't see them, they shapeshift into humans, and that's really about it. They're the most generic villains you'll ever see in your life. So, um, but yeah, there was a. Supposedly it ended in the, the White House or the. The lawn of the White House with just um, Jean Grey, Cyclops, Professor X, and a bunch of scrolls, according mm-hmm. to him. So, would that have saved the movie? Probably not. No, but, I don't think so. <laughs> but maybe when we get that home release, they'll have it on there as an alternate ending. Yeah, there's just there's no way to get past that franchise fatigue. At this, this point in time, it's been what do we say? It's been nearly 20 years. Like you yeah. just there's no the only solution is just the full stop. And Fox didn't really have that luxury, even if they weren't bought by Disney, because eventually they were going to have to make another X-Men movie or lose those rights. So they were stuck between a rock and a hard place for sure. Well, I think I don't I don't think franchise fatigue is what killed it. I just think they stopped caring, um, because if you look at like it went really, really well, like 
X-Men 1, good. X-Men 2, good. X-Men 3, not so good. Origins Wolverine, not any better. But First Class came back and kind of revitalized it. And even though I don't like Days of Future Past like everybody else, that's still a good movie, too. Um, with uh, And the Wolverine and Logan picked up the that franchise. It's just... Man, it, talk it, about it, a movie that fell to the wayside, The yeah. Wolverine. I liked that movie when it came out. Everybody was really mad at, what was it, The Silver Samurai? Was that that character's name yeah, at the yep, end? Yep. That it kind of went all mech, mech-ish. But it, it was fun. It was kind of cool seeing a, a like an A-list a superhero in a different kind of um, like uh, location. Usually you just always see him in like... Uh, like either like desert or like the United States somewhere, you know. Yeah, um, so. I actually, um, uh, my friend uh, Andrew, uh, he came over and we played Uncharted today. I forgot to mention that at the top of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andrew, he listens. Thank you, Andrew. Uh, he, I let him borrow uh, the Wolverine last time he came over because he hadn't seen it yet. I'm like, you're gonna love the train fight sequence. <laughs> like it, it puts uh, Captain Marvel's train fight oh, sequence. Oh yeah, shame. I forgot about that scene. And just to make sure everybody's on the same page, uh, this podcast is slowly going to turn into an Uncharted podcast because Chris decided to usurp my playing of Uncharted and skip right to Uncharted Four. So now he's about to be locked and loaded with all the spoilers. So now I got to do his bidding or he'll. Yeah, uh, I've got I've got power. Spoil. Yeah, I'm got, still I've on got, the second game, man. Got to give me time. <laughs> that's fine. I, did, I skipped all the God of Wars and went right to, to the fourth one. So I mean, I uh, yeah, I don't. I mean, a lot like Fox, I don't care about continuity, Mike. I'm just <laughs> going going with the newest. Good, thing good segue. I'm, I'm enjoying these segues so far this week, Chris. You're doing good. Thank you, thank you. Uh, also, Dark Phoenix suff- suffered the second biggest ever second week drop for a super. Hero film, a big budget superhero film. Yeah, those uh, those drop off numbers are incredibly important, especially if you have a rough start. Which so if they were only pulling in like what thirty three million dollars or something like that on the first weekend domestically, man, it's not going to be a good sign for them. But uh, why do they care? Disney bought them. (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, hopefully they were going to see some residuals at the end. But I mean, it went down eighty one percent. Like. Uh, or no, I'm sorry, it went down. I'm trying to figure out here what the that's, actual percentage. I mean, that's that's worse than Godzilla. I think if I remember right, uh, King 80. of the Monsters dropped maybe like 70-ish percent um, from the second week. So yeah. it's not doing better than Godzilla. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I had this wrong. This is the uh, this is the biggest ever drop. It went down eighty three percent. Your uh, fact checking did not help it. <laughs> nope, it did not. Um, Dawn of Justice, Batman v Superman went down eighty one percent, and this wow. went eighty three percent. So, um, yep, not doing not doing it any favors, uh, even with Men in Black International being out there. Mm-hmm. But that's okay because you know it could do it a favor, and it saved them the. I don't know if this is... I didn't read the script yet, but they were going to do a Beast solo movie. Someone was trying to pitch one at some point. Um, the Byron Burton, I don't. He, uh, I have no idea who what he's done before. But John Ottman, who is a longtime X-Men movie editor, including Days of Future Past, X2, I want to say New Mutants even, and he's also a composer, um, for fun, did a uh, Fear the Beast. It's called Fear the Beast. It's a Beast solo movie. And the whole script is online for you to read now. Yeah, I, I didn't get a chance to uh, poke through the script at all, but I was reading the article that was kind of covering the story, and they were kind of giving the summation of what was going on with the script. 
and kind of how it came together. And I thought it was kind of interesting, not really because I wanted to see this movie, but uh, they talked about how since an editor was writing this film, he was writing the movie from a point of view of if this movie got made, how would I save myself trouble, you know, if I was editing this? Because he was kind of having all of these horror flashbacks of editing X-Men movies of the past and how he would have to edit out of all these problems that they would deliver him. So it would be kind of interesting to see what would happen if an X-Men editor did write an X-Men movie. I mean, we do know when people from other parts of the entertainment industry start making movies, we get gems, you know, like John Wick. Like, that's what happens when stunt people make a stunt movie because they're thinking about the stunts from the bottom up. And I've heard some people, like, I'm not the best critic when it comes to editing. I don't really know exactly what the magical formula is for getting stuff uh, going and what's a good edited scene and what's a bad edited scene. But Dark Phoenix was incredibly boring. So um, (laughs) I don't know if that's an editor's problem or what exactly is going on there. And maybe an editor couldn't even save it, if uh, depending on what was coming their way. So maybe if it started from an editor to begin with, maybe that, that could be interesting. So I have to say... Even though this dude did not get paid to write the script, I just wanna I just wanna give this dude props for just having the energy to go and do it. And now it's out there and go and read it. So if you're just cur- curious, and usually you can read scripts about as fast or faster as you can watch a movie. So if you got like a spare two hours, you can probably get through it and yeah. and tweet at us. Let us know what you thought because I don't think we're gonna read it. <laughs> yeah, I think. Well, I, I mean, I've kind of skimmed through it. Like I said, it's. I think it's uh, set after Days of Future Past is when they were going to make it, mm-hmm. if they did make it. So, um, but I think I, one thing that they were thinking about. So now that I, now I remember through the article, Mister Sinister was supposed to pop up like in an end credit scene. Yeah, uh, which is just another example of Mister Sinister not but, getting started in this but, universe. <laughs> but thank God they didn't, so Marvel can use him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, he hasn't quite been spoiled yet. Um, I think another thing was one of the reasons why it didn't move forward uh, was after the script was written, um, uh, it was read by one of the, I think a producer or something like that. And they're like, hey, this is actually pretty good. I could see this Beast movie actually working, but we're going to have to show it to Simon Kinberg since he is kind of the Feige of this universe. So uh, Kinberg, uh, I think he just declined to read it outright because he didn't want any of these characters or any of these stories influencing his movies going forward since it was using these key characters like Beast and also Wolverine was supposed to be was in is in this script so Kinberg was already thinking about reintroducing Wolverine into the franchise which I think is a little I don't know how soon he wanted to bring it back in but uh that's pretty ballsy of Kinberg to try to just weave back in a new Wolverine so quickly. So uh, there's so many reasons this didn't happen, but uh, it's cool that it exists. Most of the time, these scripts never happen. I want to read that, um, or I want to read at least an outline that exists for that X-Men vs. Fantastic Four movie. If that's out there anywhere, I'd love to see that. Well, if we get it, I will definitely let you know first, Mike. I might even do a dramatic interpretation reading and record it for you. Oh my gosh, that'd be so cool. We'll do, we'll do our own little table read. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we'll do we'll do different voices for it. Oh long. my, Chris, if this actually happens, if we can get that Fantastic Four versus X-Men script, I will I will do that for sure. We will split the characters up, we'll workshop voices, and we will we'll put that out to the world and see if anybody hates us. <laughs> uh, I'm sure they already do, just for, <laughs> just for bringing it up. But that's okay. X-Men are done. We can focus on the last fully announced Marvel movie, Mike. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Spider-Man Far From Home, which really is two and a half weeks away. Mm-hmm. Um, Are you excited for that uh, blue kettle corn, man? Uh, red and blue <laughs> kettle corn, if you will. I'm going to come out of there so... It's going to be so messy. I'm so excited. <laughs> um, and uh, But, I mean, I... I'm going to the midnight show. I've not been to midnight show in forever. I'm really excited to do that. I want to know what's. I want to know what the post credit scenes are, Mike. I mean, we didn't get any an end game. You know, we were mm-hmm. we're hot on the start of phase four or whatever they want to call the new saga. I want to know what's next. Um, and this is going to be our first movie to give us that. Um, I, and- I'm. I'm really curious if there's going to be enough synergy since this is the next kind of mainline uh, MCU movie. I'm curious if this is going to be enough to kind of give Endgame the boost to get to that worldwide box office gross. Because I'm looking at it right now. I've kind of been checking on this intermittently. You know, the numbers dribble in for Endgame. But right now, Endgame is basically sitting at 2.74 and Avatar is at 2.78. So uh, we're getting closer. It was like 2.73 last week, so we're gaining a little bit. But I think this might just be a little shot of adrenaline to Endgame because you know movie theaters out there are going to be doing like back-to-back screenings. People are going to want to maybe go check out Endgame if they hadn't had a chance to see it before Spider-Man comes out. You know, those few little stragglers. Or maybe just people want to rewatch it because they're like, oh, if there's a new Marvel movie coming out, Endgame might be dropping out of theater soon. So I don't know what the experts out there are saying about the box office, but it's getting a lot closer. So Spider-Man might be the shot of adrenaline that Avengers needs. Yeah, and and um, this was the first week I think they said that Endgame was not in the top ten of for the box office. Mm-hmm. Uh, and how many movies have come out since then? Like big ones. Yeah. So um, <laughs> yeah, that's 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 definitely legs. And if you look at the um, we talked about the percent change every week, um, it's the percent down is actually going is, is slowing down so it was like negative 27 this week compared to negative 39 before mm-hmm. so um week over week i think it might be able to do it and we'll we'll know better after spider-man that's for sure mm-hmm. but i'm i want to know about phase four phase four is where my mind's at where i'm thinking what i'm not you know doing daily life things right before i go to bed i'm like i wonder what movie's next <laughs> uh, keeps me up at night <laughs> but uh marvel uh they've 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 there's an announcement that they're looking to cast someone called the benefactor Okay, and the benefactor is known to be in Ant Man and the Wasp as Sonny Birch's mysterious employer. And Sonny Birch was uh, the guy, the guy who was trying to steal the technology, the goofy guys who were trying to steal the technology. Yeah, okay. From, uh, from um, Hank Pym's van and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So, uh, rumor is is the benefactor maybe Norman Osborn? Is he the guy who bought the Avengers Tower in the last mm-hmm. Spider Man movie? And they're revamping in this one. That would make perfect sense, wouldn't it? I, I mean, I love the. I, I don't know what the benefactor is. I don't know if he exists in the Marvel comic books or if they're maybe just changing the name and they'll reveal it and he'll be a bigger character. But I do like the idea of a really smart slash evil conniving person just seeing an opportunity after this whole unsnapped thing has happened and just going in and grabbing like what they can when people are too busy not looking you know that was one thing that was really cool about civil war we got to see what one ordinary man could do with enough uh, persistence and um he was almost able to take down the entire avengers just with uh his conniving uh intelligence so imagine somebody like norman osborne with all of this money what could he do working under the shadows you know maybe he could have heroic reasons kind of like how all villain thinks that they're the hero at the end of the day so i love this idea that maybe instead of doing a gigantic thanos 
that is hovering over all of these movies for like a decade. Maybe we go smaller scale, somebody in the shadows that finally reveals themselves. Uh, kind of seems like what they wanted to do with Mr. Sinister over at X-Men. Um, so Norman Osborn, I think that's great. Somebody's got to get into that tower. It's a coin flip, I feel like, between Norman Osborn and the Fantastic Four. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, and uh, Osborn, you know, if they wait to introduce him to the third Spider-Man movie and they kind of tease him throughout the MCU, throughout, that's a good introduction for him rather than just throwing him literally in every Spider-Man movie you can like they have been doing, mm-hmm. you know, pre-Marvel. So, um yeah, that's uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to see kind of what that is, and we'll, maybe we'll find that out in Spider-Man in a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Did you know that Jessica Jones is on Netflix? <laughs> I didn't know that, Chris. Yeah, we we talked about it. I've not watched it. Um, yeah, I don't. I mean, I want to, but I don't know if it will. I've read. I actually, I ruined. I, I didn't ruin. I read the ending of the show uh, because mm-hmm. I was like, I want to know how does this all end, Mike, without actually mm-hmm. going and wasting the time and doing it. Um, and so that you can go read that on, or you can watch it on Netflix. But I did want to say two unspoilery images about um, what's her face? I, I forget her name. Uh, the act Trish Walker, who mm-hmm. plays Patsy, uh, in the show, doing a costume thing, and they've done this in almost every season of Jessica Jones so far. Mm-hmm. Um, and she did two. She has an original Hellcat costume with the bright mm-hmm. yellow and the black belt going on, but then. She has a Walmart Captain Marvel outfit going on here as well. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So that's that's a really cool, I guess, reference to it to it at large. Yeah, I mean, uh, the only reason that I want to check out Jessica Jones as opposed to something like Swamp Thing is Swamp Thing had its feet cut out from underneath it, and Jessica Jones at least is having an opportunity to wrap things up. I mean, there's a good chance that even if these Netflix shows weren't canceled, this could have been the last season for Jessica Jones anyway. You know, you never really know if it feels like it's wrapping up the story. So, yeah, I might just check it out just just for the heck of it. Uh, But... It's hard out there in the universe with uh, tons of competition. Just before we started recording, um, uh, my wife was reading an article, and she was just like, Babe, did you know that Netflix is making uh, – it's called the Game of Thrones of uh, – they're making their own Game of Thrones-esque show, but with, like, samurais and, and different warriors. And I was like, are they just using the word Game of Thrones like Uber now? When a new app would come out, be like, oh, it's like the Uber of umbrellas or something like that. But it's like, but that – an umbrella is not a car. So um, I guess Netflix is pouring a ton of money into a show with, like, samurais now. So uh, if well, you got, how, like, does, a, how does that make it Game of Thrones? Well, uh, that's what I was trying to think, too. I think maybe the Game of Thrones nomenclature is just being attached to very expensive shows. Because uh-huh. I don't know how else you define Game of Thrones, you is, know, is it, especially it, if it's not with, like, dragons and, like, uh, like you know, long swordsmen and, like, armor and is knights. It, is it non-American political intrigue? Is that what makes it Game of Thrones? <laughs> I guess. I think it's money. I think if you're if you're a streaming service rich enough to pour millions of dollars into like a single episode of television, you can be considered the Game of Thrones of your streaming service. But who knows? So uh, Jessica Jones, good luck uh, getting some views out there. But uh, just like the X Men, you don't need it because you're not coming back. Yes, something like that. What Mike just said, but. Maybe Jessica Jones will live on in a upcoming video game called Ultimate Alliance 3, The Black Order. Oh, yeah, that's right. We are going to be talking about E3 stuff today. Yep, like I said, horribly under-equipped to do this. But we're <laughs> going to try. So, um, 
Ultimate Alliance 3. I have been playing Ultimate Alliance 2 all week in my downtime, Mike. If I had five mm-hmm. minutes, I pulled on Ultimate Alliance 2, which is essentially Marvel's Civil War storyline, the comic book version. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I really, I like it. It's, it's you know, it's it's a little wonky in some places, but I mean, it's still fun to do. I hate dialogue trees where you're like, choose the aggressive or the defensive line. I, I'm like, I don't dig on that, but whatever. Uh, but the powers are cool. The characters look good. It's fun. Um, but they have announced that the, there will be three expansion packs, uh, or expansion pass, one expansion pass that includes the Marvel Knights content, uh-huh. X-Men content, and Fantastic Four content. And that X-Men logo, that looks like the the 90s cartoon logo, uh, Man, it? I just, I just love that they use, like, these logos, too. This is one thing that maybe the MCU could improve on, is, uh, it's always a big deal to do tighter reveals, uh, for the MCU phase movies. It's a huge deal, you see that logo pop up, bam, we know they're making an Inhumans movie, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I like these, like, kind of, like, cool classic logos. It makes me want to see this X-Men logo pop up when they uh, uh, eventually get around to announcing X-Men. So it's just kind of cool seeing those classic comic book logos again, you know? Oh, yeah, I agree. I agree. And, uh, you know, um, Marvel Knights, that's that's a logo, like, that's cool to me because my favorite comic character of the century started off as a Marvel Knights line in uh, late two, late 99s, early 2000s. So, um, and there already are X-Men in the, 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 the game. Like, this isn't, like oh, there are no X-Men when you buy it and they're coming later. All There's a lot of X-Men already in the game, so this is extra X-Men for the <laughs> X, X, X-Men. That, no. No. <laughs> Nobody Google that. Nobody <laughs> Google that. You won't like what you find. But, um, but yeah, that's cool. Game comes out July 19th on Nintendo Switch only. I'm excited to play it. And if anyone has a Switch and uh, wants to play campaign online, let me know. We'll, we'll do it. We'll have some fun. Uh, Mike... Uh, do you have an update on that new Coke taste flavor now <laughs> later in the show? That's like 30 minutes later. Chris, I do, since I've been sipping on it through the show. Uh, a PSA to anybody out there who's ordering these cans, maybe wipe down the top of your can before you start drinking it, because every time I lift this thing up to my nose now, the top of the can just smells really weird. So I wanted to do a critical uh, break-in to the news to let everybody know I have breaking news. The can smells a little weird at the top, so... When you get yours in the mail, Chris, you know, wipe them down a little bit. Maybe just some warm water. I don't think you need to go soap or disinfecting wipe, but uh, it has a weird smell. All right. Let's keep the show moving. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, the biggest E3 thing, and I think, you know, this is one thing that uh, you, we were both tuned in live for Xbox, I believe. However, the Square Enix panel on Tuesday gave us a couple of games that are, are near and dear to our hearts. Uh, one of them that we were excited to see was the Marvel Avengers video game. Uh-huh. And we finally got some uh, cutscenes and some gameplay and some information on it. And I have to say, uh, in the first trailer, I am very excited for this game, Mike. Uh, I I don't I still don't know. Well, there's a lot to see going forward, but I really am digging on this movie on this game. However, if you are expecting the movie versions of these characters. You are about to get a shock oh to your system. All right, so I'm ready to address this situation because this is one thing that's been kind of bugging me in general. I thought about turning this into a, like a Mike's steamed broccoli segment, but I feel like maybe it was a little too disjointed and I didn't have a 
quite a chance to collect all my thoughts. But I feel like I'm getting a little exhausted with kind of this pop culture, like, outrage culture. Like, you know, we went through the whole Sonic outrage and everything, you know, and I get that. And there's some valid criticisms there for the design. Yeah. You know, um, we saw uh, – we're, we're going to talk about Final Fantasy VII in a little bit. I saw some people complaining about how some of the female characters were designed over there too. Some valid criticisms there. And it just gets to a point where it's just like, oh. Sometimes I just get tired of hearing people complain about something that's such on a lower scale of what else is going out there in, like, the whole world, you know, especially when, like, you know, politics and, like, the world news and everything is so much more uh, pressing. So when I start to see people complaining about the design of, like, the Avengers in a video game, I'm just like, oh, my God, find something else to do with your time. Because if you focus on, like, the awesome gameplay that you just saw in this trailer, how amazing the graphics looked, like, I went and I rewatched this trailer like in 5K 60 frames per second, even though I couldn't even take advantage of all those pixels on my screen anyway. Like this game looks like a freaking mm-hmm. pow- like a like a like it's got like a thousand horsepower. It's just like cranking away. You can be the Hulk and like jump over a bridge and like smash a like a uh, like a freaking tank. Uh, it looks like you get to like I don't know if you're going to if you're going to be hot swapping between characters whenever you want or you're just playing different story segments. But either way, it still looks really fun. And then I see people on Twitter whining and complaining that Captain America is wearing like riot gear. Or, like, they don't like the way they modeled Thor's face because it doesn't look like Chris Hemsworth. And I'm just, like, I get so frustrated because it's, like, go read a comic book. Yeah. And in any decade of any week that they're published, like, they never look like they do in the movies because they these all came before the movies. And that's almost half the fun of reading a comic book, too, just to see how visually they're going to interpret these characters. Like, some of the newer ones, they kind of lean into how they look into the cinematic universe, maybe from... Or- order on high from Marvel to maybe push comic book sales a little bit more, but sometimes they just go a totally different direction and the characters don't look like it at all just to be fun. So if you just ever had the context of a comic book, these people wouldn't be complaining because you it's always going to be a random grab bag of what you get. I saw some people complaining about Thor's outfit and how it looked like there's like big dinner plates on the front. It's just like that is classics. That is classic Thor design. That's yeah. been around for like decades. So, man, I just got so frustrated seeing people complain. And plus, they don't know how, like, unique and almost, I don't want to say important this game is, but, like, if you want to play an Avengers game uh, uh, outside of this one coming out, you're either going to be playing a Lego game or you're going to be playing, like, just a random kind of beat-em-up game, like an Ultimate Alliance game. This is an original story uh, from the ground up, and it looks like they're telling a pretty cool story. Like, it's going to be West Coast Avengers, which I thought was really cool, you know, finally taking us out of New York, so we're going to get a little bit of a different environment. Um, like, a Heller Carrier explodes, and they flash mm-hmm. forward, and the whole city's destroyed. I'm like, holy crap, what happened there? Cap dies? I don't know if he comes back or what the deal is. So I think there's so much... There's so much going on here that if someone's going to complain about a character design, I just want to slap them. <laughs> this is, like you said, like the, the comic books came first. This is a whole new story. This has to exist in a video game universe, which is going to last a long time. And um, it, again, spoiler alert, if you've watched Endgame, Captain America's uh, old and he's going to die and Tony Stark is dead. So uh, <laughs> we need some new stuff. And all these are good voice actors, too. Now, mind you, can they clean it up a little bit and make the fidelity better? Sure. W- whatever. You can always complain yeah. about your number of pixels. That's, that's Everyone will do that on every game you ever do. 
but I mean, the story is going to be good, and I'm I'm excited to see it. Like even the ter- it's a Terrigen reactor. I'm like, oh, that's an Inhumans reference. Oh, I saw that too. I was like, oh, that's clever. I was yeah. like, Chris is gonna like this, and so I, maybe we'll get some Inhumans in there. Yeah, um, there's um Iron Man and sp- he's in one of his space outfits in one of the cutscenes where he's flying mm-hmm. up through his shield. And you talked about hot swapping, so the, my understanding is there's a single player story, and you will use a character based on that level you're doing. But the intro level, which is a day is like a, a tutorial for each character. You're going to use uh, each one based like on what that. you're doing. I love story-driven games, too. I know a lot of people out there love their multiplayer, just uh, freestyle online games, but, whew, man, I love myself a story, so I'm very excited. Exactly. And then there's multiplayer story. It's the same story, but those areas will unlock as you go forward. Because if you're playing, like, like in the, the intro tutorial level, you can't both be the Hulk. Like, you mm-hmm. will not both be the same character. So, if it's the Hulk-only session, you're not going to have that in the multiplayer section. So, they're going to have those unlocked as they go through on this on this day. Now, you mentioned they are, they are in uh, San uh, Francisco, it looks like, mm-hmm. West Coast. In the Spider-Man game, he mentions that the Avengers are out on the West Coast doing something. And that's why they're mm-hmm. not in the Avengers Tower. Could this be in the Spider-Man universe? I love the speculation. I, I love so. the idea. I I would be curious if Marvel has the power uh, to do that because I don't really know how all these rights are distributed across video games. So, so because I know Sony was developing with what was it Insomniac for yes. the Spider-Man game. Well, they have to license all these games through Marvel. So yes, mm-hmm. Marvel has ultimate final say and control on everything. They even have a a, a Marvel games department. There's a whole subsection. Yeah, and they will not commit to it, but I'm pretty sure it will be. So by the time the next Spider-Man game comes out, they could have merged these two together. Yeah. I mean, I would absolutely love that. That would be so cool. But there is a part of my brain that just goes like, hey, we're making a brand new Spider-Man game. Everybody already knows that all of these superheroes already live in New York City. How are we going to explain why Captain America or Iron Man's not popping up to help Spider-Man? Oh, let's just say they're on the West Coast, then we won't have to worry about it. So I feel like maybe that's the more logical approach, is they just wanted to easily write out these reasons why they aren't there to save the day along with Spider-Man. But if this crossed over, I mean, this is this is like a perfect example of like, Sony makes a bunch of money with Spider-Man in the movie space, and, and then it, there's some synergy with uh, the MCU so the video game companies should do that too that would be so cool like yeah they're different developers totally different studios even if they're technically different aesthetics it would be cool if they kind of existed in some sort of realm there I like that idea and and, well these sexes where you mentioned because Taskmaster is in the trailer and Taskmaster is in Spider-Man and he does look a little different in the Spider-Man than he does in this but but that's okay uh, they they can do that, but it will make like it looks like in this game superheroes get outlawed um, because of the Avengers Day thing, or they just kind of give up. So if we pick up Spider Man and he's like, oh, I'm only in New York and everybody hates me now because of Avengers Day, that mm-hmm. still that still be a pretty good story. So like, yeah, that'd be fun. They don't have to show up, but the best part is there are no loot boxes, and you yes. do not have to pay for extra characters or. Um, story content after release. This is my standing ovation. I was so happy. I hate hearing the controversy that comes around loot boxes because it just it's just a bunch of greed. They're just trying to find a way to just pull some extra dollars out of gamers. So I love the idea that they're. It seems like they're going the they're going to go like the Fortnite approach where they're going to sell stuff, but it's just going to be all aesthetics. Yes. So you any characters they add after it's released and the Ant Man thing in this was pretty cool. The Hank Pym. 
mm-hmm. I thought it was a pretty cool part of the trailer. I don't know about you. Um, but other characters they add, like if they add Moon Knight, Hawkeye, or anybody else, they mentioned some other lower tier characters. Um, they'll be free and they will get levels after they're added to play. So you won't be playing the same game with just those new characters, which yeah. is awesome. I think that's so rad. I love that they're doing that. But, um, Cause I still haven't got around to playing the, the paid DLC for Spider-Man, even though I'm sure it's great and it's worth every penny, but just having that extra layer of uh, purchasing something in order to keep playing more. So I love, I love hearing free. It's great. <laughs> yeah. Spider-Man stuff is good. I will give I will give it that credit. Um, oh but, yeah, I'm sure it's good. But there will be paid costumes to keep the the the, the new stuff coming in, which mm-hmm. is that's totally fine. You don't need a costume to play. You don't need a costume <laughs> to unlock more. Yeah, but so if you want it. All you people out there bitching about the costumes, just pay like a, like you know probably five bucks to get Captain America out of that riot gear, and you'll be yeah. fine. That's probably why we don't get it in the game because they're like, hey, you want the movie versions? Here mm-hmm. you go. I um, thought the riot gear was actually kind of cool. I hadn't I hadn't really seen it. Kind of reminded me of like fan art, like somebody like, oh, let's like play with Steve Rogers like costume. Let's see where it goes. And uh, so I, yeah, I'm not complaining about that. Yep, and that comes out May fifteenth, uh, twenty twenty, on Xbox One, PS4, PC, and Google Stadia. Stadia, I want to, pl- I want to, I really want to try Stadia. They came out with their bandwidth recommendations for their their uh, you know streaming service for games, if you will. And I don't have a 4K TV, so I don't really need that high of a speed to stream. And even if I had a 4K TV, I have the speeds to uh, reportedly play Stadia. So I'm, 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 I might play this on Stadia when it comes out. There probably will be some sort of like bundle or something. Well, there is a Stadia bundle you can get because all you need to play Stadia, just to give you this is a more of this, is a, a Google Chromecast and a controller. And mm. I think it works with Xbox One and PS4 controllers. Now, the problem yeah. we're running into is I have all three systems PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Switch. And, and, and I could do Stadia on my Mac. Uh, Mike, you only have a PlayStation 4. Um, mm-hmm. and a computer, and our friend Quentin has an Xbox and a Switch. So between th- th- all three of us, we're almost there. We're almost <laughs> all on one system. So with Stadia, we could pay for $10 yeah. and play it for a month and see and do that rather than having to buy a brand new system. I think the thing that is actually kind of like really cool about Stadia to me is that the controller doesn't, the Stadia controller doesn't actually connect to the Chromecast. It actually has to be a Chromecast Ultra, but I don't think it's you know that much more expensive than a normal Chromecast. Well, the the Ultra is just to get the 4K. Oh, so, gotcha. Yeah. So the controller doesn't necessarily connect to the the Chromecast itself, and it, you know it's not like a controller connecting to a console. The Stadia controller connects directly to the internet, so you are actually controlling a server, like probably somewhere in Silicon Valley, and then your and then the your internet connection is showing you what the, what you're doing to the server, basically. So I kind of like this idea that I can take a Stadia controller with me anywhere, and I can just turn it on, and I can pull up a Chrome window on my computer at the office. I can I think. Uh, I don't know if it's been confirmed for iOS yet, but theoretically, I know if I had an Android phone, I could just pull, I could just pop out my phone and connect my controller to the internet, and I can play right there on my phone. So it's just totally like screen independent. So I just love that idea that this controller goes with me anywhere, and I can just play as long as I can access Chrome. So uh, yeah, I'm standing for Stadia over here. Yeah, that's well, what I'm doing. We're, we're gonna try it out. And if you don't want to buy a new console, you can you can get Stadia. But I'm excited about the new Xbox console. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, details are still sparse on this. It's coming out holiday 2020. It's called Scarlet temporarily until they come up with a new name for it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but it will play reportedly four full generation games of Xbox titles on it, which mm-hmm. is backwards compatibility through everything beforehand, which is Ooh, wow. key um, for people who've been on board since day one. Uh, I've got Xbox original Xbox games, 360 games I still play, uh, and I'll have a bunch of one games. So um, I think that's a great grab for people. I don't care about the tech specs as much as everybody else does. So being able to play my old games without having to have it, all my HDMI ports taken, I'm okay with that. So what are the odds that they just call it Xbox Two? Pretty pretty low. <laughs> pretty, <laughs> you, th- pretty, you don't think that they're going to go the most logical approach of just well, going they went from Xbox, Xbox, Xbox then Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty, then One, and then I don't know what the next one will be. Um, if they just call it the new Xbox and pull an Apple, I'll be fine with that. Too. <laughs> well, if they pull an Apple, there's a chance they could. They just call it the Xbox S. <laughs> well, <laughs> they already have that. Scarlet. They have the One S. Oh, that's a Xbox the one X, too. Xbox One oh S and Xbox One X already exist. All right, they got they got a buck. They got to somehow buck all of these crazy uh, these uh, numbering systems because I can't even keep track. So it's Xbox. Yes, it's the new Xbox, <laughs> and it will support Xbox One controllers and peripherals. So I don't have to buy four new Xbox controllers on the next thing because I already have four. The Xbox controller is like the Xbox controller is almost tied with me for sure with the PlayStation PlayStation controller. Those are solid systems. I was playing um, some Dark Souls over at a friend of the show Quentin Parker's place the other day on like a Switch controller, and so much of that game requires the shoulder buttons. And as you know, the topmost shoulder buttons. So I don't know what they're called on the Switch, but on like the PlayStation yeah. Four, it's like L L L one and R one. Yeah, uh, they're so skinny on the Switch. Like I was Quentin was telling me that you're kind of supposed to be playing with the Pro controller, but those shoulder buttons are so skinny on the Switch. There's just so many configurations for the Switch controllers uh it's a little concerning on my end but man that xbox controller is solid and didn't they just announce support can't you also use this like with like i with the new ios the xbox one controller on on the ios 13 you can use an xbox and playstation uh, 4 controllers right out of the gate you can connect mm-hmm. via bluetooth and use them in every game that supports a controller right now that's so cool that you can just buy one controller and then you can just kind of take it all these yep. different places i i look forward to the day i, I love the xbox controller my hands I have the muscle memory of an Xbox controller like nothing else. Um, mm. PlayStation doesn't jive with me because I don't like using both thumbs inward for the joysticks. Yeah, you want those offset joysticks. Yeah, and uh, nothing against. I, I mean, I've been like I said, I've been playing Uncharted with the PlayStation, but the Xbox one is my go-to. Mm-hmm. Um, but you mentioned the iOS 13. Um, what I'm excited is uh, Xbox One is getting uh, called X Server for cloud computing, so you can stream all your Xbox One games to whatever device you're playing on. And then use that controller to play it. So if I want to play Ultimate Alliance 2 uh, when I'm out in L.A. with you, Mike, we can stream it to my iPad and use my Xbox as a server <laughs> for that stream. That, that actually would be pretty cool, be in line for, like, a panel playing some uh, playing some Xbox. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and you know, I again, nothing against the Switch, but we both have iPads, right? So we can... Well- the I know the internet I know the internet connection is very spotty in the San Diego Convention Center, so we'll you'll really be putting uh putting that service to the test, that's for sure. Yeah, um hope well hopefully it's out by then. If not, I'll just have to go next year. No big deal. Mm-hmm. No big deal. Um so I, I think that was uh really cool for Xbox. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, did you get to watch any of this gameplay? I watched um, like a thirty minute thing. I, I think I saw some animated gifs, but I haven't seen any sort of trailer update since that one that they did a few weeks ago. So um, I, I 
I read a report that these the uh, lightsaber colors can change color. So oh, cool! I like that. And then the biggest thing was a big introduction from Saul Guerrero, who uh, was played by uh, Force Whitaker in Rogue mm-hmm. One, and he also made his debut actually in uh, Star Wars: The Clone Wars animated series before that. So we get a nice middle range of those two ages in this, and he uh, is you're helping with the resistance along the way in this era. So I think I think the Force powers look cool. It, I mean, I was really excited to see it. It's not quite. Everyone was like, "Oh, it's not dark." Thought it was going to be Dark Soulsy. It's not Dark Soulsy. It's probably more. I think in line with the God of War games, uh, mm-hmm. the more recent one, where you you need to be deliberate about it and make sure you block and dodge because yeah. I don't know if you can bring the difficulty level of a FromSoft game to a Star Wars game. It's just Star Wars is too much uh, consumer uh, broader facing. If you raise the difficulty that high in Star Wars, I think you yeah. might turn off some people. Yeah, but that, but that, but I think they were right. In, like you have to learn how to parry and dodge because you can't just take all the blaster shots. <gasps> it's to the gonna place. be like Sekiro. Ooh, this might be fun. Yeah, so I'm, I'm excited to, to see more of that. Uh, that comes out later this year. Are you a Final Fantasy gamer, Mike? I, I don't know this, the answer to this Ooh, question. I have not not so much the whole kind of chronology of all of these different games because what they're up to like they're past twenty now, aren't they? For Final Fantasy games, or no. they're getting up there? No, fifteen just came out. Oh, okay. This is like uh, no, 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 mind you, I... there are spin-off games and remakes mm, and all this yeah, other bullshit. Yeah. But yeah, 15. <laughs> it, it reminds. This reminds me a lot of like now that's what I call music. Like we went by one and they still sell the CDs in our grocery store. We're like, holy crap, they're like up to like 70 or something now. It's yeah. it's insane. But uh, I did play Final Fantasy VII back in the day when I had a PlayStation. I have fond memories of the gaming experience because this was maybe one of the last summers of my life where um, I didn't have a job as a kid. So it was just every day, wake up at like noon because <laughs> this is summer vacation. And then I would just play Final Fantasy VII like all day and then like go back to sleep at like 3 a.m. and then wake up at noon and play more of this game. So I was all encompassed with this game. And I was trying to like max it out. I didn't just want to beat it. I wanted to like 100% it, which is kind of difficult to do for Japanese RPGs. There's like a lot of hidden creatures. I remember there's this boss that was hidden like underneath the ocean in Final Fantasy that like was between like the two continents because the game is very large. There's like a huge map. You traverse it with this huge like floating ship. So I was trying to 100% this thing. So I have fond memories of really being into this game. So, but it never, it never really stuck to me, you know, like a huge hardcore fan. So when I heard that they were making a remake, I was like, yeah, that's kind of cool. I might check it out. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of the, the stuff I've seen so far looks pretty cool. Yeah. So it's a Final Fantasy. It's a remake. And, and we've talked about this. It's not a remaster. They've already remastered this game. You can go buy it right now on iOS store even, or the Switch. Xbox, anything. You can get Final Fantasy on every 7 on everything now. But this is, they've redone the whole combat system from the ground up for this game and re, like, essentially built a brand new game told in the same world with the same story of Final Fantasy 7. Mm-hmm. And um, some people are, you, you mentioned some people are worried that the, the, they're, they're only doing like the first city in this game, the remake. Yeah. Not the whole game at once. But it's Final Fantasy 7. They're going to sell so much of this. They're going to be like, well, 
we want to make yeah. more money in two yeah. more years. Well, Let's keep going. Yeah, well, that's one thing that does worry me a little bit because, like I was just saying earlier, one of my favorite parts about this game is how wide open it gets. Like, the first, like, if you've never played the game before, uh, the first city you start off in, I forget the name of the city, but it's a very industrial city. You get, like, these cool overhead, like, shots of it where there's just, like, gigantic steam pipes everywhere. It looks kind of, it seems like Blade Runner esque, you know, just very industrial, like, grungy, uh, futuristic though um so that's almost just like the tutorial city almost like that's where you kind of fight like your first boss uh part of the story takes there and once you get out of it you finally get to control this huge gigantic map map just south of the town you get to go to the chocobo ranch and you finally get to ride your first bird you know and then all of a sudden you're traversing this huge continent on the whole other side of the ocean there's this cool like casino that you get to go to you get to do a bunch of cool shit inside of there so now knowing that this game is just going to take Take place inside of this grungy city like that's fine i'm okay with that because it looks great and i'm sure it's going to be fun but i almost want a little bit more of a commitment from the developers that at some point in time we will get all of these other locales that kind of really flush out the game and like you said i'm sure this game will make a ton of money but they have not committed to saying that they're doing all of these locations so i i hope it flushes out and we do get all of that because that's the part i remember the most um, but, so well, that, crossing, but crossing my fingers. But I think the thing is, with a remake, they can do anything they want. Oh, um, yeah, sure. And, and I think they're probably like, look, we are remaking it, and we're not. We're we are ve- like we are veering away from the game that Mike loved and played um, when he was younger. So maybe they're just like, look, maybe we got to make sure this remake takes before we say, hey, we're going to make the second one. Because if yeah, they, like... That, that could be true. Because if like, they offend the hell out of you, like, why would they make a two and a three? Well, yeah. And I can't imagine the scope of the game already because they said that this remake, which is just taking place in this kind of one locale, is already spanning two Blu-ray discs, which yeah. is kind of harkens back to the original Final Fantasy games that did take place on multiple discs. So this game just must be an absolute monster. Yeah. So uh, it sounds like we're going to have tons of content. I'm not saying it's going to be lacking content, but like, man, I want to check out that casino again. I want to <laughs> go under the ocean and see like that gigantic monster that I have to like max out my materia just to be able to like to you know demolish. Um, so we'll, we'll we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Um, I'm cautiously optimistic. March third, twenty twenty. We got a date. That seems like it's right around the corner. I know it's not. March. March. Uh, I mean, I know. I don't know if you're an Animal Crossing person, but Animal Crossing, I think, is March next year. This is March next year. Uh, what did we say? No, is Avengers May or March next Ave- year? Avengers is May, right after oh, okay. supposedly Black Widow. Okay, so we're uh, next year, beginning of next year, we might be talking about a lot of video games on this pod. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then my favorite Final Fantasy game is 7. And 7 has been absent from oh. all the remastering. And they went from Oh, you seven... mean... I, th- I think you mean 8. I'm sorry, 8. Yeah, sorry. I'm looking mm-hmm. at the notes here. 8 is my favorite Final Fantasy game by far. It was the first multi-disc PlayStation game. The first game where I beat the shit out of it. And then once I beat it, I went back and bought the book so I could get all the little things I missed. Mm-hmm. And um, they are finally doing a remaster on all the consoles. So I will get a, go back and revisit 8. I don't know much about the game, but I did play a little bit because there's a portion of the game that was on a demo disc, and I played it. And that gun sword is just a cool design. The gun blades are fantastic. It's surprising that sometimes all you need to make an entire video game is just one cool, like, prop. Just somebody sat down in in an office room and showed a drawing of, like, a gun mixed with a sword, and they're like, yeah, we're making a whole game out of that. That's really fucking cool. (laughs) Yeah, and the best part about it is, like, you know, you've seen the main gun blade, the the main design one. 
I think there are maybe uh, eight to ten of them in eight that you get to choose. So you get better ones and bigger ones. And they get to be wild, and it's awesome. Like oh, it's, that's it's so really cool. awesome. So you know what? We're there's a little something for everybody, Chris. Yeah, there is a little something for everybody. The video game trailer that blew me away because I was not expecting this: uh, Cyberpunk 2077 mm. by CD Projekt Red, uh, who are known for the Witcher games, gave us a story trailer, and it's almost like watching a movie. Oh, and, the cine- the cinematics were great in this trailer. Yeah, and then boom, big reveal: Keanu Reeves at the end. And he's a part of this game. Then he came out on stage and just, like, blew it away. Uh, someone yelled. Uh, he's like, the graphics in this game are breathtaking. And they're like, you're breathtaking. And then the company ended up giving that guy a free copy of the game. <laughs> so now I need, now I need to yell at more panels. Yeah, I saw, I saw that moment from both angles, too. Because the first video I saw was just kind of, like, the broader kind of capture of the stream. And then, like, the dude that said it, I think he uploaded his video of it. Because you can see it from the angle of his phone. And you can, like, hear the audio, like, almost going directly into his recording. So I think that was him recording it. He was, like, ready. He was, like, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to yell at Keanu and we're going to see what happens. But... He just seems like a genuinely and like nice guy. He's got like the perfect level of celebrity right now. Yeah. He's like he does he's like not quite as like um he's not quite as like cheeky as maybe a um uh Bill Murray. Uh but and he's still Keanu's still more in his prime right now anyway. And he has like no major scandals hovering over him. He pretty much has the opposite of scandals. There, was, I read a story that like Octavia Spencer was like stranded on the side of the road, and like no one was pulling over to help her. And then she says a, a man in a motorcycle pulled over and took off his helmet, and it was Keanu Reeves. <laughs> like I mean, this guy is like he's just like pure joy. Well, and it, it almost seemed like I don't know if this is like a a, a rumor or if, or if the mystique of him is growing even more. But apparently, he didn't really know what he was walking out. Two on uh, yeah, the well, cyberpunk. Like people were saying, he thought it was going to be more of like a corporate thing where there's just going to be people in suits, and he basically walked out into a basic uh, like a comic con panel. So people were just losing it. So that was just man, it's just smiles, you know. Yeah, and it, well, he's he's exhibiting what someone called the Cal Revisance, where he's like he had the '90s, right? He he, mm-hmm. he was Bill and Ted. What was the, what was the one he did with where he shoots a gun in the air? Um, Oh, Point Break. <laughs> Point Break. Yeah, the, the 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 Matrix. You know, he had his he had his stuff. Took a break. Come back. Now he's killing it with John Wick. He's in these video games. Uh, he's voicing Duke Kaboom in Toy Story Four this week. Like, I mean, Chris. To me, I pre- I prefer Keanu Sans, not Riva Sans. So uh, Keanu Sans. I didn't make the word. Off. I just it rolls it. Okay. off my tongue a little bit better. So we're we're officially going to put that in the superhero slate lexicon moving forward. Nope, I'm I'm changing it. I'm gonna. You know what? You know what's next, Chris? I mean, this is just it's only a matter of time until Keanu makes his way into a superhero movie. I don't know if it's going to be DC or if it's going to be Marvel. I don't know if he's going to be like a mainline character or if he's just going to be like a one-off, maybe kind of like a Benicio del Toro as a collector. You know, just kind of like pops up every now and again but i'm assuming uh like marvel and uh, dc are just uh, throwing like just blank checks at him like come on man be in one of our movies write whatever you want on this you know yeah i mean uh i don't know where you put him someone who can do does like martial arts, maybe a moon knight <laughs> well you know what you do is you you put him in a video game because that's what they're doing yeah <laughs> i have no idea what the gameplay is like for this game i don't know anything at all but by god that sold me i'm like i want to oh, try yeah, this I now for- i forgot we were talking about a video game yeah <laughs> April 16th, 2020. It looks like 2020 is going to be right full of games every month, Mike. We've got to start saving now. Mm-hmm. So, cross our fingers. 
I was going to talk about the P- the Pokemon Sword and Shield games. There's a big controversy, and it's not really a controversy. They're making them for Switch, right? They look mm-hmm. they look fun. They're Pokemon games, but they don't have all 800 plus Pokemon in them. Oh they- yeah, I heard something about like a like a Pokédex snafu. Yeah, so there's this app called Pokemon Home. You can transfer mm-hmm. all the all the games that connect to the internet. You can transfer into Pokemon Home that you've caught right from the mm-hmm. game to the internet. Then you can take those usually up from that to any game you want. However, we are in the Switch era where Pokemon Let's Go and Pokemon Sword and Shield don't support every game, every Pokemon because that's too many character models and too many things for mm-hmm. the for the size. And everyone's like, "Well, you can't catch them all." I'm like, "No, you can catch them all. You're just not putting them back in the game." Finally, like you can't. put everything you want back into a a game that you're playing on your switch can you answer me this question because i've heard about this before where you can kind of transfer pokemon from other for other games do you have to like beat the game to transfer your pokemon over because what's stopping you from starting a brand new game and just like transform transferring like a level 100 charizard to your team and just like blasting through the whole game is that not possible no so it, it is so um there are two Two things stopping you from doing this. And okay. these, are, these are built into the original games. You cannot transfer a Pokemon until you get so far into the story. Okay, I think I do remember that. That, that technology is not active until probably, I would say, sometimes 20%, most of the time 60% of the way through the story. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to have Pokemon Gold and Silver. My brother washed his gold so the battery didn't work anymore, so it wouldn't save. Mm-hmm. So I would get on Gold and blast through that all the way to the big city in like three hours to transfer the stuff over that I wanted out of here, and then have <laughs> man, to redo this every time. Oh man, I love that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's that's '90s video games for you right there. And then the other thing is, Pokemon over a certain level will not obey your orders until oh, you have a that's gym badge. Right, you have to have enough gym badges. Like, isn't it like every gym badge you get, you can kind of level like up like twenty more 10, levels, twin ten, yeah, fifteen more. Yeah, okay. Yeah, oh, that's making sense. Okay, this this sums it up. Yeah, why are you people complaining? Like, you know, eventually there's going to be another Pokemon game that comes out in like twenty years. Like, do you think they're really going to put like two thousand character models on that? There's yeah. got to be a limit, <laughs> right? Ex- exactly, and and as we like. I, I, maybe they'll make a, a the Pokemon Home thing. Maybe they'll make it to where you can like essentially get a, a Pokemon viewer. Like you pull them out, you yeah. put them in a little thing, and view them around. But you don't battle so- with all of them. Yeah, but- it sounds like people just need to reframe their mind. It's like you are going to catch them all, but you're not going to catch them all on Sword One and game. Shield. Yeah. You're going to catch them in the game and put them on Pokemon Home. So I guess Pokemon Home is where you collect them all, You yeah. go, but you have to get them from other games. It, exactly. And also, in terms of a game, like how much balancing would a game need to have Ooh. all 800 Pokemon oh, and still be yeah. like, level across I, the board? I didn't even think about that. Holy crap. Yeah, especially when they're adding all these different types yeah, that sounds yeah. like a nightmare, a logistical nightmare. <laughs> yeah, so in terms of Pokemon Sword and Shield, like, if you see that, it's not because you can't catch them all. They literally just can't put them all in a video game. So, it's fine. Speaking of Pokemon, Detective Pikachu, uh, probably still in theaters. It's the highest grossing video game movie of all time now. It passed up 2001's Tomb Raider with Angelina Jolie to, to get that, that record, so... Not a huge record to break, but good for Detective Pikachu. I think that movie was fun. Not the yeah. perfect movie. We've had some stinkers already this year, but that one was fun. I still have fond memories of it. And actually, I've thought about it a couple times since then. Like, this would be a fun movie just to kind of sit down and watch again, just because uh, mainly because of uh, Pikachu and uh, Ryan Reynolds just being so fun and entertaining. 
what the real test is going to be. What does a Pokemon movie look like without Ryan Reynolds? Mm-hmm. That's the real test. <laughs> That'll be a test. Uh, as long as they can keep Mr. Mime and he's lit on fire, <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah. Yep. So uh, Monsters, Inc. is also uh, getting a new series on Disney+, Plus, and we've talked about this. And we got our first poster for the show called Monsters at Work, taking place after the events of Monsters, Inc. And let me tell you, I thought this was 2D and not 3D, and now I'm surprised. Oh. Yeah, well, it looks pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, Billy Crystal and John Goodman are returning to do the voices of Sully and Mike, but they will be focusing on this new guy here who looks like a generic alien. Uh, looks like we're kind of... Maybe he's starting his uh his new job at uh, at Monsters, or maybe he got a promotion, or maybe he's being like transferred from like another department or something like that. Um, I did not like Monsters University like at all, so uh, they are still like one for one for me. So they don't have like they don't have like a positive record in my mind. They're still neutral. Yeah. So, but I, I really love the first Monsters Inc. That movie was really fun and really great. So. I, th- I, I think hope this. I hope this is good. I think it's one of my favorite Pixar films, um, and I think Bugs Life is the second one. So people can just suck it. <laughs> Star Trek Quentin Tarantino script, or uh, I guess the script for the story by Quentin Tarantino is done and confirmed to be mm-hmm. R-rated. Uh, I don't think he's right. I think someone else wrote it. But um, if they go move forward with this new Star Trek script with Tarantino directing, it will be an R-rated Star Trek film. Which, what does that even look like? I don't know. This is a great time to for us to not really big be huge Star Trek fans because I saw a lot of people freaking out that they didn't want their Star Trek to be rated R. They didn't want kind of like this grimy take from Tarantino, which is kind of funny just because I feel like when this rumor first popped up like a year ago, people were really excited to see what was going to happen. But now that the script's done, like the narrative has changed, so I don't really know what's going on out there in the universe. But since we're not really huge Star Trek people... It's just kind of fun to to watch it unfold. Like I'm gonna watch it. It's gonna be crazy. Like I'll see. I'll see how this goes. Yeah, I mean, I'm 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 in game with that. Like I got no dog in that fight, if you will. And you you who says if to be already it has to be grimy and gritty. You know, Uh maybe it's language. Maybe it's you know. Um, a little gory, but maybe it's maybe it's not in your face. You know? <laughs> I saw I saw some memes that were like, "Oh, we're finally gonna see what uh, how to translate uh, a Klingon into uh, some very inappropriate swear words." So at least you'll get that out of the Klingon dictionary. I'm sure it already exists. You know, yeah. I don't know shit about Klingon. You know, it's a weird funny. place, man. They'll do it. They'll do it. Mm-hmm. Um, we're gonna wrap up with some DC news here to end up. We don't have a whole lot of it this week, sadly, but mm-hmm. uh, the Batman purportedly they're adding more villains or the, maybe they may appear briefly. I don't know, but two face and the mad hatter could also appear in the Batman movie. Oh, well, I don't think we've ever seen, uh, the mad hatter live action at all. So that would be fun. Is he in, is he in Gotham? Uh, probably. I think you just have to assume that yeah. everybody popped up at Gotham at some point in time. He might've been a toddler. Maybe he wasn't quite old enough, but, yeah. uh, Maybe we get a Two-Face, um, you know, that's not Tommy Lee Jones. Did Billy D. Williams play um, the Two-Face guy before he became Two-Face, I think, in the 89 Batman Returns movie? Uh, I want to say Billy D. Williams was it. I thought Tommy Lee Jones was Two-Face. Well, that was in Batman Forever, but before that, that uh, Harvey Dent was played, I believe, by Billy Billy, Wee D- Billy D. Williams. <laughs> oh, I, yeah, I don't know. You know what? Uh, I can I can hear you smashing those keys over there. (laughs) He uh, was in uh, the original Batman movie. Looks like there you go. You got your answer. You got it. And apparently, he did not get paid for Batman Forever. Which why would he? He he wasn't in that. (laughs) 
Anyway, um, so, yeah, so that's coming up. Titans, uh, even though Swamp Thing's canceled, Titans season two's moving right along, and they've cast actor Drew Van Acker. I don't know who that is, but he's going to be Aqualad. I did a Google, and he just looks like every um, standard pretty boy mm-hmm. TV face you've ever seen. Uh, I don't really know what he's from, but uh, pretty little I was, liars. That's all I, got. I was. I was disappointed that we weren't going to get more of a Young Justice Aqualad, who is like a huge. He's a huge deal in the Young Justice animated show, so we're just kind of getting like this uh, standard uh, hole punch white dude for Aqualad when uh, he's uh, he's been African American in. Um, well, I guess. African American wouldn't be the right term. He would be uh, African Atlantean. Yeah, African Atlantean, I guess. Uh, but I don't know. I guess that's a choice. Um, but we'll see how that goes. I think. I, I mean, obviously, I've been a big downer on this DC streaming universe pretty much well, every week. But I think we're not going to get a Titans season three announcement for that streaming service. I think if it survives, it goes someplace else. Mm-hmm. So will this be? Uh, will this be a big deal long term? Who knows. Well, just to, if you have, there's two Aqualads. There was Garth, who was the first one, and then the other one um, that you know from your show. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, I think that they're doing the Garth one, which was the like a, a half brother to Aquaman or something like that. All right. Well, that digs them out of the hole. You know, at yeah. least they're, if they're basing it on a different character, they're safe for now. <laughs> but I can't say the quality is going to be very good. And lastly, uh, uh, Krypton season two debuted uh, this week, I believe, this past week. And uh, Lobo made his debut in it, and apparently they're already talking about doing a spinoff series for Lobo. <laughs> Man, look at sci-fi just going. Man, I we never, I don't think we ever would have guessed this out of Krypton. Uh, who knows if we'll ever get around to watching it, but it's fun to see the news pop up. Uh, a rumor of a spinoff from Krypton? I mean, where do you even go from that, too? Like, if you do a Lobo spinoff, you're just going to be pulling all of these CD-less space characters that probably even most, like, comic book readers wouldn't be familiar with just to round out his show. Uh, but, I mean, if he's, he's, space if, if, he's a, if he's a fun character, I guess I'll roll with it. But, you know, I know what, you know what, you know what, high five to the Krypton people. You guys are doing a good job. Yeah, I'll, I'll give him that because I, I saw a poster and it's like, here's Brainiac and Doomsday and... Um, Zod and Lobo, and I'm like, damn, damn, these are actually pretty good D- DC Superman villains. <laughs> like, yeah, might want to have to check this out now. So, um, they, they keep they keep they keep teasing me, Mike, <laughs> pulling me in. But all right, well, we have jived on and on way too long, Mike. Longest episode of the year, probably. So we're gonna wrap it up. So I can go get some dinner and edit this. But if people want to know what you're up to this week, what you're doing, where can they find you at? Well, they can find me at Mike Royer Design on Instagram and Twitter, and you can read my web comics at pickledcomics.com. Chris, if people want to catch up with you, see what you're doing, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Valdan, V A L D A N, or Instagram, Valdan87. You can also go to Comic UI. Uh, we are, are we about a month away from Comic Con, Mike? Uh, I yeah we we head down there on the 18th and this is the 16th when we're recording this so it's oh close. my gosh so there it is I think my flight comes in on the 16th is what I was thinking I think I got my mm. email this morning confirming everything so we're gonna be in person we're gonna be doing it it's real so um, I'm excited for that but if people want to know more about our weekly shows and our reviews that we do uh, our next one I believe is Spider Man right mm-hmm. uh, where can they find us at. 
Well, all you got to do is visit SuperheroSlate.com and you can find all the places we host our show and to get our awesome show notes. So we talked about a lot of recap things today. We got a lot of links in our show notes, so you can get all of that there. Uh, We love hearing from you. So the best thing to do is you want to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram uh, so you can reach out and you can also get sweet merch at SuperheroSlate.com slash store. We're going to be launching a brand new merch design here just within the next couple weeks kind of to uh, culminate with uh, Chris coming out here to see me for Comic-Con. It's going to be a big deal. I really like the shirt design. I've been fussing over it incessantly. Huh. I sent it over to Chris, and I was like, all right, I think I'm finally done fussing over this design. And then as soon as I sent it to you, I fussed over it a little bit more. So I've been working on it a lot. It's a really cool design. It's definitely Avengers Endgame-inspired uh, in a couple different facets. So look out it's for awesome. that merch. It's, it's awesome. It's fantastic. Mike has done an amazing job. It came out of nowhere. It came out of left field. I'm really excited to debut this to everybody. Yeah, so you'll obviously be able to get it on a shirt, hoodie, uh, all the different places that you can put this design over uh, at our T Public store, superheroslate.com slash store. But also, if you're going to be at San Diego Comic-Con, we're going to be handing out stickers too. So if you run into us, we'll hand out a sticker of this exclusive design. So stay tuned. But we love hearing from you. Reach out. We love reviews too. There's so many freaking iOS updates coming and Mac updates, you know, the podcast apps going to all these different places. Just in case we don't want to get lost, go give us a nice review over there in iTunes or the podcast app, whatever it's going to be called. We love those, and we love hearing from you, and we love our super fans. So if you want to be a super fan of this show, all you got to do is share the show with a friend, share the show with a buddy, or listen to it while you're working out. Super fan Jim out there he listens to us sometimes when he's lifting getting jacked like a clark kent out there in the world so just be a super fan we love you and stay tuned and be subscribed bye see you guys later thanks for listening and don't forget to subscribe and now the can that's out of the fridge is like starting to sweat a little bit so it's looking like it's right out of a commercial that's good it's good it's a good coke (sighs) right there we need that footage this should be a video podcast i'm so thirsty right now